0: listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit harvestcolona.ca turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, and our ushers are coming down right now with Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we encourage you to just raise your hand. They'll hand one of those Bibles to you, and you can turn in that Bible to Luke chapter 24. Uh, some great truths that we're going to be looking at today that I would strongly encourage you to uh, look at and, and some notes for you to even underline because we believe God's Word speaks to us today. It is a book that is alive, it is breathing, it is active, and it has truth that can transform each one of us. And uh, in In a greater way that God wants to keep working in us and so the ushers have those Bibles they also have pens if you need one of those and they're available for you um, just to be able to uh, grab one even if they've already passed to to go and get one um, from the back they'd be happy to provide that for you thank you so much for coming today and we are excited about what God is doing and and, uh, just so thankful that that you are all here today and we get to celebrate and now we get to get to the best part we get to look to the word of God and Uh, And so, I pray and I trust that that it will transform our lives. Today what we are celebrating is a big deal. It is bigger than any promotion. It is bigger than any advancement that you will ever make in your career. It will be bigger than any property acquisition that you might be able to make. It's better and more amazing than having a six-figure income or more than that. It's better or more amazing than winning the lottery. Although I did hear of a couple in Alberta that three times now they have have won the lottery? Can you imagine three times? And the first couple of times it was only a mere couple hundred thousand, and now this last one was into the millions of dollars that they were able to to win. And and so, but but that's not even good news. I mean, the news that we're talking about here today is far better and greater than that. What we're talking about here is even better and greater than getting good news from a doctor, perhaps a a, a second lease on life or or a clean bill of health, and that can oftentimes be good be good news. This event is even bigger than your team making the playoffs after a 10-year drought. It's bigger than even that, believe it or not. Um, tell Edmonton fans something a little bit different on that. But this is bigger than what we could ever really truly comprehend here on this earth because what has taken place just doesn't have consequences here for us, but but here on this earth, but for eternity to come. It's bigger than even what we remembered last weekend as, as our nation took time to remember the Battle of Ridge and what took place there in, in World War I where many Canadian soldiers gave their lives, they battled and they sacrificed to be able to help bring freedom to millions of people and, and to do great things um, as a nation, to tie our nation together. What we're talking about here and celebrating is bigger than that even. And what we are celebrating here today isn't just a big deal, it is a biggest deal. And this is why we're excited about what we get to celebrate here today. But easily, if we're not careful, this day can just lose its significance. Significance. It could just be another day. It can be the same old, same old. It could be just another Sunday morning. It might be, you know, just, and 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 yes, it's a long weekend, and you might think, okay, I like long weekends. This is good, but we can lose the significance. You know, it becomes about chocolate, you know, and eggs and bunnies, and, you know, chocolate's good, and eggs are good, especially, in you know, an omelet and bunnies. Well, um, cute, maybe tastes like chicken. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, we, we, we celebrate these kind of things, but Easter can just become that another holiday, a long weekend, a needed break from school or from work, you know, a time to gather together with family and friends over some good food, that's a good thing. Some of you are here today at the invitation of a friend or family member, and you're you're not even all that familiar with the Easter story. And I'm glad you're here. I trust that today you will be more familiar with it and what it actually means. More than the Easter bunny, more than just even some guy rising from the dead. This has consequences for each one of us, not just here on life here and now, that this can transform and change our lives, but for time and eternity, for eternity to come. Many of you are here today out of tradition. You come to church every Sunday or you come to church every Easter. You know, it's kind of one of those traditions. Some of you have been in church for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, maybe even more than that. Easter Sundays, like this is old hat for you. You know this kind of story inside and out. And maybe you've grown a little tired, a little familiar with the Easter story. And maybe you are here, but your heart is just tired. Maybe your heart is kind of wandering away from God and moving away from faith today, but you're here this morning. Maybe you think I really don't need this today. I don't I don't whatever you're gonna talk about, Melinda, I don't need to hear it. I, I need help with my finances. Now that's a problem. Or or in my marriage or or my health or or in the battle that is going on in my head and it just won't seem to stop. And 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 I'm just so overcome and overwhelmed by what's going on. That's what I need. That's what I need help with. I need a vacation. I need a nap, you know, we might think. And some of you may even get that in the next few moments. This morning, I want to declare to you from God's word that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the power that God exerted to raise his son from the dead is available for your life today. That's a biblical reality. And many have experienced that in this room. And some of you need to re-experience it again. And God wants to do that work in each one of us. You might say, I need resurrection power today. I certainly need resurrection power, Meldon Lutzer. And you might think, well, you know what? But but this whole Jesus thing, Jesus is just a crutch. No, he's not a crutch. He's a stretcher. I have no hope without him. And he is the one who can carry me through this life and through the challenges and the things that I face and and to welcome me in the life to come. This is who Jesus is, and wrapped up in this glorious truth, and what we are celebrating here today together today are some resurrection realities. I encourage you, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that on your connection card or in your journal or in your Bible or somewhere. Some resurrection realities, because these are truths we're gonna see from Luke chapter 24. And in this passage that the kids have already read for us in such a wonderful way, we are going to see some resurrection realities. Now the Bible records four resurrection accounts in the gospels, in Matthew, Mark. Luke and John. It's really unique as you read each story. They're towards the back of each one of the books, and of each one of those books, and each gospel account is slightly different. It's from a little bit different perspective, and yet you see this wonderful harmony as it gives us kind of four different snapshots of the resurrection and what took place on resurrection Sunday and this morning as I said our kids have already have done that and we're going to work through this passage but what took place that Easter Sunday morning no one was expecting and perhaps for you even here today you don't know when you woke up today you, you kind of made the plans for the day but you had no idea how this day will end none of us do nor did these ladies there was a group of ladies who loved Jesus and they were on their way to the tomb to anoint a dead body they were there to finish up the work that the men couldn't finish the, on, on, on the Friday night before. It was coming to sundown and at sundown when the sun set, that means the Sabbath starts. You're not to do any work on the Sabbath and so they weren't able to properly prepare the body of Jesus for burial and give the anointing that he needed and so they were heading back to the tomb that Sunday morning. The, 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 the uh, Sabbath was now officially over and they went in daylight to be able to go and so they went earlier, early in the morning to go do this. And what they found that resurrection day is the first resurrection reality I encourage you to write down and to ponder here this morning? Power over sin and death. First resurrection reality, there's power over sin and death. Look at verse 5 here in Luke chapter 24. It says, He is not here, but He's risen. He's alive. The two greatest enemies you and I will ever face, the two greatest enemies that we face here on this earth. And what destroys our lives and our relationships and nations and our economy and all of these different things. And the greatest cause for sadness and despair and worry is sin. And all of us have been greatly affected by sin. I wonder today, how many of you have ever been a victim of crime? You've had something happen. Put your hand up if you've been a victim of crime. you had something stolen from you, maybe it's your identity, maybe some possessions. Now, all of us have probably have been there or just hold on, it will happen. Well, Tuesday morning this week, I went out to my truck and um, s- some, some thieves decided to help themselves to some items that were in my truck. They stole some, some kind of minor electronic items, um, including my garage door opener that I wasn't exactly that thrilled about and, and, and learning a lesson through that. And my investigation skills also kind of led me to think that maybe they were possibly marijuana users. Now I'm no, you know, RCMP, have no training in this, but you know, I can put two and two together. You know what they took? A granola bar. So I figure they were getting the munchies, you know, and kind of needed a little bit of a snack break in the midst of their thievery. And so I'm just kind of backing up thinking hey, maybe they were smoking dope. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. And, and so, you know, you kind of like you learn some lessons and, and, and you realize that, you know, these kind of things, petty th- theft can be kind of frustrating and a little maddening. And, and, uh, but all of this, petty theft and, 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 and the sin and the crime and the junk that we see going on in our world, it's all a result of sin. And the brokenness that we see in our world. And all of us have been sinned against. We've been violated in one way or another. And truth be told, we've all sinned. We are all lawbreakers. We have also hurt others. We violated other people. And more importantly, we have sinned against God. God's word tells us that. And the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We've all fallen short of God's standard. What's God's standard? Perfection. And no matter how good and how amazing your wife is, she's still not perfect. Know how good and amazing your husband may think he is? He's not perfect. No one is. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible teaches that God is so holy that even just one little sin separates us in our relationship with him. And it separates us from the relationship that we were in. Intended for that we were created for so we see that sin is an enemy another enemy that we face and we all will face one day is death. And sadly again all of us at one time or another in our lives have been affected by death and it will continue to keep happening painfully we've all had a family member or a dear friend we've lost them to death they've died. And some of you have had close calls with death. Whether health or with accidents or whatever it might be. And death stalks each one of us. We try to ignore it. We try to fight it. We try to outrun it literally and figuratively. We try to live a healthy life to extend our lives to diet and exercise and other healthy choices that we make. But death is a coming. It's coming for each one of us. And so you're sitting here, sitting here, today, sitting here today and say, Happy Easter. I mean, I've come here and all I've heard about is sin and death. But folks, it's the truth. And I have to tell you the truth. Otherwise, I would be falling short of what I am to do. But you know what? There's a greater truth. And there's a greater reality. And it's a resurrection reality is that the power of sin and death have been broken through the resurrection, through the cross of Jesus Christ. We have this great truth. Sin and death have been defeated. And as we were singing a few moments ago, when death was arrested, that's when my life begins. When we come to understand this truth, sin and death, you have to understand, were not a part of God's original plan in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. When sin and death entered the world, that was not part of his plan. And that cut the relationship that he desired to have with his creations. Romans 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And then in verse 18, it goes on to say, But therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So just as Adam and Eve sinned by taking that piece of fruit. Now, some would say it was an apple, but we have no proof of that. That's just someone trying to destroy the apple industry, I believe. And and we're not going to do that. We don't know what kind. The the fruit wasn't the problem. It was their sinful choice. It was their choice that they decided to make. And because of that sin, because of that choice, they made sin entered into the world. But because of what took place on Good Friday, death was arrested. And sin was arrested, stopped in its tracks Because of one act of righteousness on the cross. Where the sinless son of God died. Taking our place. Taking the punishment for the sin that we deserve. And 1 Peter 3.18 says. For Christ suffered also once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. To bring us to God. And Jesus himself he declared. In in John 11 to a dear friend. He was talking to Martha. One of his good friends. Marrying Martha Lazarus. um, Two sisters and a brother. And Lazarus had died. And she came to him and says. What's up with this? What's up with my my brother? You didn't come and you didn't heal him. He died. And there Jesus declared these words, these amazing words. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And then a little later on, he said in John 14, he says, And I am going to prepare a place in heaven for all who believe in me. And many of us, all of us would be very familiar more than likely with John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. That word believe isn't just a head knowledge and like, oh yeah, yeah, I believe that truth. That word believe In the Greek and the original language means whoever adheres to, trusts in, relies on. Whoever adheres to God's word, whoever trusts in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and relies on him to be our life and to be our salvation, we are saved. Sin and death are these enemies. But on that Good Friday and then on Easter Sunday, they were taken care of. Easter Sunday provides us with that victory over death. And so the first resurrection reality, power over sin and death. The second one, we have power over worry. Look at in verse 2 here in this passage. We'll see in the Easter accounts in the other gospels, as as well as here, we see that the the women are questioning. They're wondering, how in the world is this stone going? There's a bit of a problem here. There's this stone. And what are we going to do with it? This was a huge problem. They had no idea how they would, would deal with it. Because no doubt they'd even heard by this time, not only was a stone rolled in front of the tomb, and this was a large stone, there was also placed on it a Roman seal. That it w- And, and there were guards there. What were they going to do in this? And yet in verse 2 it says, they found the stone rolled away. I like in Matthew's account in Matthew 28 verse 2 it says, and behold there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. The angel rolls the stone away and then he makes it a lawn chair. Not a problem. Able to deal with that. I wonder today in our lives, when we look at our, our life and how much of our day and how much of our health and how much of our joy is affected by fear and worry of obstacles that we are facing. Are you facing worry today? Obstacles in your life about your job or family or health or finances or, or, or concern about what others may say or think about you. And, and there's no end to this kind of a worry. It can just be, be, be like a, a, a forest fire just raging out of control. Years ago, I struggled alone in this battle. This battle of worry and fear. And it was starting to cause incredible havoc in my life. Outside, things seemed relatively normal. And some of you are still questioning what that is for me, what relatively normal might look like. But we can fake it, right? We can fake it that things are going well on the outside. But inside, we're being torn apart. Inside, we're struggling, we're battling. And if people could only get a look inside of what's really going on in our head, I was there. And I was becoming a basket case. And I knew that if it played out much longer, it would have had great, uh, would have destroyed my life in one way or another, shortened my, uh, shortened my life and, and quite possibly ended the work that I was doing for the Lord at the time. It was a pit, a deep pit. And some of you are even there right now. You're battling anxiety or fear or worry. I want you to know that resurrection power is available for you today. And this is a reality that we have a God who provides power over worry. He did it for these ladies. They were heading off to the tomb and they were concerned. We see in real worry going on there about this obstacle that they were facing. And God sent an angel to roll away the stone. He removed the obstacle for them. And God will make a way over your worries as you continue to walk in faith and as you trust him. That is the kind of God that we have. And when I finally got real about my struggles, I admitted it. To to close friends and to loved ones. And I turned to God. And I I had been calling out to God. But I also needed others in my life. And I told them about this fear and this struggle. And I turned to this godly help in my life. I was slowly by the grace and by the power of God. Experienced resurrection power. That that would no longer have a grip. And have a hold on me in that way. And what a tremendous obstacle that was to have removed. I thought I was going to live the rest of my life with that. And God resurrection power was able to deal with it. Now, am I out of the woods? No. To be honest with you, I I, I can still struggle in this area. I think all of us can. Even yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I found myself in quite a little tizzy about a number of things in my head. and, And I needed to remind myself, I needed to preach this sermon to myself. You say the preacher needs to preach a sermon to himself. You better believe it. In fact, I need to be moved by the word of God before I can even preach it to you. And God's word just spoke to me clearly yesterday. I needed to call some people to pray. And say, pray for me. I have this battle. I have this struggle going on. And and, and I have this obstacle going on. And and I don't need this the day before Easter Sunday. I don't need it any day. And God provides us help in these areas. And so the second resurrection reality is there's power over worry and fear. Third one is there's power over confusion. Look at in verses 3. We're going to read there in a moment. The women are left wondering, what's going on? They come there, the stone has been rolled away. Verse 3, it says, But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in da- dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still in Galilee, and the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise. And then they remembered his words, but see, they were perplexed. They were confused. He what? Where is he? He's alive? How did that happen? Didn't see that coming. This is good news, isn't it? And yet they're still confused. They were coming to anoint a dead body and they're finding, you know, Jesus is alive. And the angel reminded them of the words of Jesus. And who is Jesus? The son of God, the son of man, Jesus is God. They, The angel reminded him of the words of God, that he would rise again from the dead, that he would die and he would be buried and he would rise again. And all of a sudden, the switch went on. Click. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. What made no sense to them is they were reminded of the word of God all of a sudden made sense to them. And as you keep reading in this narrative, I believe it's verse 13, it continues on. It says, Jesus appeared to the we see Jesus appearing to two disciples on the road to Emmaus and they didn't recognize him and they're walking and they're forlorn and they're concerned and they're confused by everything that had been taking place on that day. And, and, and Jesus walked with them and he talked with them and he talked to them from the old Testament scriptures, reminding them of all these prophecies, over 300 prophecies about the birth, life, death, burial, Resurrection of Jesus in the Old Testament, and I don't know if he walked them through all 300 Old Testament prophecies, but he walked them through a lot of them. And then all of a sudden, click, the switch went on. And their confusion, he's alive. That's him. The resurrection reality, there's power over confusion. And where do we get that power from? From the Word of God. The angel reminded them of the Word of God. Jesus reminded these disciples of the word of God, and today I want to remind you folks from the word of God that there is power over the confusion in life. When you look at your life, where you're at right now, some of you are walking through, how did I get to this place? And you're at a point of confusion. You look at the world and you see the terror. You see bombs getting dropped. You see a world that is so broken and and, and we see people living in difficult circumstances and, 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 and we see this confusion going on. And yet God's word provides us with the answers that help to give us perspective and hope to all of this. And that's why we encourage people. That's why here at Harvest we're fired up about the word of God. And that's why we want people to be in the word of God and reading the word of God. And we read the word of God. We encourage people daily. Spend time in the word of God. Then rehearse the word of God. In, in other words, live it out. Live it out in your daily life. Just don't know it. Do it. Live it out. Put it into practice in how you speak and act and how you function. As a husband, as a, as a wife, as a student, as, as a good citizen in our land, we rehearse, we live the word of God. Sing the word of God. Today we are singing biblical truths. And it's a reminder again. It's a declaration of what God has done. And, and, and it speaks to us. One of the best places for me to worship is when I'm driving or when I'm on a bike ride um, and I have my earbuds in and I am listening and it's relatively loud and I am singing and I don't think it sounds very good to a lot of the people around me, but I'm usually alone and I, I try to be very careful. of that. But I'm singing the word of God, I'm singing these truths, I'm reminding themselves because as I do that, the confusion that we're seeing in our world, the confusion and discouragement that sometimes that I face in my life, are broken as we see it all in light of God's Word and God's truth. And that's why we study the word of God with one another. That's why we're amped up about studying God's word in our small groups and other opportunities that there are to study the word of God with others and on our own. And that's why we take the good news and we want to share it and we want to declare it. That's why people were invited. Bring your friends. Tell them this is Easter Sunday. This is good news, good message. And we want others to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And that's something that we call here. And we went through a whole series of that at the beginning of this year. It's all online called the 5G Life. That this is how we desire, desire to live out our faith with God time daily being in the word of God by gathering together like you see here. Group time gathering together in small groups where we study and we pray together. We study God's word and, and just not the perspectives of man. We want to look at the perspective of God and what God's word has to say. And then we give of ourselves. We serve one another and we don't do it out of obligation like oh fine because I, I have to do it. We do it out of a love and appreciation for all that God has done. And then we want to go and we want to tell others this good news story. That's, that's what we're fired up about here. And it's all about dealing with the confusion that we face in our world, the difficulties and the struggles. And folks, though, when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to all of this and the confusion and things going on in the world, we have to be so careful when it comes to our search for truth. And I give you a warning in this and a, and a solid reminder People are are looking for truth all the time, looking for spiritual experiences, wanting to hear the voice of God or having some sort of a special experience. And so easily we can turn to Christian books or movies or authors or speakers and experiences that others have had or that maybe we've had. And some of these can be good, but some of them, you got to be careful. It's got to line up with the word of God. Some of these can lead you down a path of false teaching. And we must be so careful that it matches and lines up with the Word of God. That's why we want to get to know the Word of God. That's why we want to help you to get to know the Word of God. John Stott, a great author and theologian, has said this. He said, ignorance is the greatest enemy of the Christian faith today. Not intellectualism, but ignorance. We just don't know the Word of God. We need to know what God's word st- says and stands for. And, and it gives us great wisdom. It clears up the confusion to what we're seeing in our world. And what we're seeing even in, in, in the spiritual realm. And in, even within churches we can, can look at God's word in light of that. Maybe you say, I don't know, I don't know how to study the word of God. I don't even know. I've, I've, I've taken a Bible. I've looked at it. I started the book of Genesis, and by the time I got to this Le- 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 Leviticus book, I, I'm, de- I, I'm gone. Like I, like I, it's a snooze fest. I don't understand it. Like it's, there's a lot of names in that book of Numbers, especially. And, and, and you know what? Today, we want to give you, like, we're amped up and we want to help you. Uh, a, a booklet when you walk out of here, there, there's a bunch of them. I encourage you to take one of these home. We usually charge for them today. They're free. Happy Easter. We want you to, and, and, and just some simple ways to start to study the word of God. If you don't know how to study or it's become dead and stale in your life and, and, and you know, the daily bread that you're going through has become a bit of a daily crumb and, and you need more than that, we encourage you to, this will help to, to push you on a little further in studying God's word. Take it, clean us out. We'll have more here next week if they're all gone. And, and take that. We want you to be amped up about the word of God because it takes care of the confusion that is out there, the confusion that goes on in our lives and in our minds. And then fourthly, we see the resurrection reality is that there is power over over doubt. Look at in verse 9. In returning from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. So these ladies are running back there and they tell them. Verse 11, it says, but these words seemed to them as an idle tale and they did not believe them. So the ladies are pumped. They have this encounter with an angel. The tomb is empty. The stone has been rolled away. They run back to the disciples And they don't believe them. I love the honesty of God's word. It doesn't paint the people that God uses as these perfect people. No, they're messed up. And here we see these disciples who were with Jesus for over three years. They saw the miracles. They heard him teach all of these different things. And yet they doubted. They heard him say these things that he would die, that he would be buried, that he'd rise again on the third day. And they still didn't believe you know what at times that puts me in good company, because you know what at times I have doubts, and I'm sure you have doubts. We see things, we hear things. At times we question the goodness of God, the love of God, the control of God. We can doubt God's word, and yet we see that as we persevere, that doubters can become faith-filled followers. And I love this in verse 12, and it says, "But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Peter wanted to know. Did it happen? Did it happen? Is it true? Is Jesus alive? Folks, you have to understand, God will go a long way to answer an honest doubter. You have honest doubts? Seek after God. He will go to the furthest extent to see those doubts taken care of. Jeremiah 29, 13, everyone loves the first few verses. I'm not gonna read those. You can read that on your own. Just write down Jeremiah 29, 13, because this is even the greater reality in verse 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me. With all your heart. That all your heart means as a vital necessity. It means we are desperate for God. He's just not another app on our phone that we have. Oh, I have my God app, and I have my banking app, and I have my mail app, and I have my messaging app, and I have my Facebook app, and God, my God app. No. It's more than that. It's a vital necessity. And as Peter ran to the tomb with his doubts, he took a step of faith, he went running, he says, I've got to see this. That passage goes on to say, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. If you seek me, he says, and you, you will find me when you seek me as a vital necessity, as you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. You'll find the answers to the confusion and to what you're going on. God shows up in the lives today of doubting people. Doubting yet humble and, and just searching people. Calling out to God. And I encourage you, if you're confused about where things are at today, just call out to God and say, God, help my unbelief. I don't know. I don't see this. This doesn't make sense. And open your Bible. Turn to others. You keep praying that for the next few days. God is going to show up in some ways where you you will be amazed. That's the kind of God that we have. Look at verse 12. It says, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what happened. He's like, it's true. It's true. He's alive. This is amazing. These resurrection reality ch- realities changed the life of Peter. He went from a failure to a denier and, and a fa- and, and a denier of Jesus to become a bold and a mighty witness for Christ. And our last point today is resurrection reality is there are there's power over failures like and we could say Peter there because Peter was he got an F in the school of failure. He did very well in that. And we see how God transformed his life. You may even want to write in there, there's power over failures like me. Some of the things that you have done in your past and you think there's no way I could ever be forgiven, you're wrong. You can be. You can be forgiven and set free. No matter what you have done, God's grace is greater than we can ever know. God's grace is is greater and deeper than any sin that we have done or experienced. And there is resurrection power for failures like me. That power that raised Christ from the dead is alive today. It's available today. This picture that's on the screen now is a picture. And I love this picture because it's just a stunning reality, I believe, of our heart. Not our literal heart, but our soul, our heart of hearts. And there's a hole and we, we, we've pieced the puzzles together in our heart to try to make things right. And yet, there's this hole in our heart. There's this nagging sense that there must be something more. And I'm missing it. I don't know what it is. And we think if we fill it with relationships or money or degrees or with hobbies or thrills or accomplishments, that, that, that these voices that we, we experience in our heart would be silenced and, and that void would be filled. It will never be silenced. It will never be filled. Because only a relationship with Jesus Christ can do that. And this is where real life and real purpose and real meaning begins. This is where real life begins with Jesus Christ. It means we're no longer waking up and setting our own agenda for our day. And making every decision for ourselves. It means everything has changed. Our identity has been changed. We are no longer who we used to be we are new creations the old is gone the new has come we have an agenda from god one that is filled with purpose and meaning oh it will be tiring and oh it will be difficult but so rewarding as god has a plan and a purpose as we live out his plan and his agenda for our lives not our own you keep living yours it's never going to satisfy only jesus christ will satisfy so you say so how do i experience this resurrection reality how does this happen how Is that hole in my heart, that nagging hole in my heart filled? It starts only one way and there's only one way to do it. And that is by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. To trust him as your savior and your Lord. Confessing that yes, you are a sinner. Less than perfect. We all are. And believing that Christ loves me just the way I am. Not some super cleaned up version. You kind of think, well, if I just clean up my life a little bit and get some good traction, then maybe he'll love me. No, he loves the sorry, sad, confused, discouraged, doubting place where you're at even today. He loves sinners just like that. Well, he's hanging on a cross. He turns to a criminal. Someone who really did deserve to die. A real bad guy. And Jesus cared for his soul right before he died in eternity. He says, today you will be with me for eternity. If there was hope for him, there's hope for you. There's hope for any one of us. And I believe that criminal, if he would have been set free that day, he would have gone on to praise Jesus. Today he's in heaven praising Jesus. We'll meet him one day. Believing and the way that we receive Christ is believing and understanding that I am a sinner, but in that God is so pure and so holy that only one little sin, because that's what happened. It was a bite of a fruit that they were told not to eat can separate us from a relationship we've been made for. But it's also by believing that Jesus died in my place for those sins. And so we confess our sins to him, telling God that we're sorry, we repent, and we desire to turn from our way and desire to live his way and live his agenda and follow him. We confess him to be Savior and Lord. And when you do this, when this happens, a miracle greater than giving sight to the blind, more than giving legs to a lame person, the greatest miracle of all takes place. God comes in by his Holy Spirit into your life, and that hole is filled And there is a joy and there's a peace and there's a purpose that you've never known. And his presence lives within us. Many have experienced that and you can experience that today. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive today and willing to work in each one of us. And not just on Easter Sunday, but for the rest of our lives. Even right now, I just ask everyone to bow your heads. We're going to talk to the Lord, but I would just love to talk to all of you just even with fewer distractions and just with your heads bowed. I'm going to lead in a simple prayer and it's a simple prayer that if you would like to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ this morning, you've never done that or you're not sure if you fully have done that. And today it is the day. You need to know that God has arranged this day for you to be here. This may very well be your day to hear this message of the gospel. Don't miss it. God's word says, when you hear the voice of God calling, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. And if you are hearing God calling you today and saying, I need resurrection reality in my life, I need that in my life today. And you've never invited Jesus Christ. This is the starting point to experience this, a whole new life. Just where you're at right now, you can just pray quietly in your heart. You can follow this prayer as I say these words. And if it is a prayer of your heart, I encourage you to pray along quietly with me. God, I thank you for loving me. I confess my sin to you this morning and I ask for your forgiveness as I put my trust in Jesus' death on the cross. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me and rose in victory on the third day. I believe that you are the Savior. I give you my life this morning. I invite you to be my Savior and my Lord. I ask that you take my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me yours and use me for your glory for the rest of my life and the life to come. Thank you for saving me, for caring and loving me, and for making this a free gift. Keeping your heads bowed. If you prayed this prayer this morning in the quietness of this room even right now and the honesty of your heart, God's word says that we are to to make that declaration. Whenever Jesus called people to faith, it was always done in public. And I'm not gonna embarrass you or anything like that, but what I would ask, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart that you would just raise your hand up and then you would just put it back down as a declaration to Jesus and a declaration that you have given your heart to Jesus Christ, amen, many hands going up. Can hold it up and you can put it down. The Lord knows your heart and He knows what the needs that you have in your life, and you can just even call out to Him right now. And today, if you're a believer in Christ, or maybe you're a wandering believer, a bit of a prodigal, and you need to come to some. Resolutions with the Lord, and there's some resurrection realities that, even as you look up at the screen here, even right now, and you see these resurrection realities that need to be applied to your life today. Maybe there's other areas in your life that weren't mentioned here in this, although I think this covers a lot of what we can experience and go through. Spend some time just even as in these moments of just admitting it and needing resurrection power in your life today, whether it be fear or confusion or an obstacle in your life, a failure that you've experienced and you find no way and you don't see any way, call out to him. Call him with, out of necessity in your heart, and say, oh, God, I can't. But you can. Encourage you in these moments to do that, to call out to him. Each one of us can do that, whatever it is that we're facing. Resurrection power is available today.